0: I have a a treat for you today, not because it's mine, it has a much better author. I'm going to read to you the entire book of Philippians. I was looking for a passage of scripture that would be encouraging. We have been through such hard times. We, our families, the church, the world, the entire society, we need comfort. We need love. We need a little pampering. And I think Paul, in his letter to the Philippians, one of his last letters, uh, written from jail, from Rome, uh, before his trial, um, uh, wrote to them. And so I felt the Lord's permission to read you an entire letter. It takes about half an hour, and I'll add a few comments like now. Let's see what time it is. It's 11... 30. Um, and uh, <clears throat> just let the word soak on your soul, on your mind. Um, be still and let the Lord speak to us through His word. There's a couple points that come again and again, and that I want to announce you ahead of time so that you're looking for them in the reading. Um, I see so much love in Paul uh, for this church. This was his favorite church. Uh, It was a church that um, was the first European church ever uh, in Macedonia, Philippi. Um, And uh, it was a Roman colony, but the history doesn't really matter. What's relevant, I think, that I want to highlight to you is the love that oozes out of the apostle's heart. Because this church pursued him and financed him. Whatever he was, they sent him their offerings. And so he had a very special affection. Of course, they facilitated his ministry. I am a missionary. And JRCC, both as a church and through its members, facilitates a ministry to all of Latin America. Uh, I am grateful to the Lord for you for this church. Um, And the other thing I would point out is that even in his sufferings, and he has suffered, you know, you know the history of Paul, um, so many times in prison and beat up and left for dead and shipwreck, uh, and yet in all the sufferings, he rejoices because they redound to the glory of God. We have to have the right perspective with suffering. When we lose somebody, Diana and I buried our first pastor this past week. Uh, and uh, he taught me to worship. He taught me, taught us so much. But, you know, he lived to the very last for the glory of God. So it's glorious to return to the earth such a person that the Lord um, kept throughout. Uh, And so he highlights the joy that he has, even in the face of suffering. And then the third thing I want to entice you with to listen for in this reading is his exhortations to maturity. There are many here. I may have time to stop on one or two. Paul and Timothy, servants, Ah, Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are here in at Philippi with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And it is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. See the love? doesn't stop there. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me in the prison has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of all, of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord of my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaimed Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. Can you believe? Even in those early days, already there was selfish, self-centered, self-aggrandizing preaching of the gospel. What then? Only in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, Now, as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. His deliverance would not necessarily be to be set free. He was killed after his trial. For to me, to live is Christ. And to die is gained. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet, which shall I chose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, because this is much better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Only, here is an exhortation to maturity, let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel, So that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit. With one mind, striving side by side, shoulder to shoulder, for the faith of the gospel. And do not be frightened in anything by your opponents. if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only on his own interests, but also to the interests. I'm sorry, Diana. Interests. She's teaching me English still. Of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work, for his good pleasure. He gives us a desire, and then he accomplishes that. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without Blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. And now he turns to some practical matters of love. Look how he loves his partners in the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me in the trial. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. This is his hope. I have thought it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. Epaphroditus had brought him an offering from the church at Philippi, and he was sending him back. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed, because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, near to death. But God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but also on me lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. So, receive him in the Lord with all joy, and honor such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me to bring him the offering. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble for me, and it is safe for you. He is alluding at the fact that he had earlier written uh, an exhortation, a warning, and now he's going to repeat it. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh, insisting on the circumcision. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. And now he goes into it, for instance, I count it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of his surprising worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and counted them as rubbish. Uh, The word he uses is even stronger in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having any righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness of God that depends on faith. This is the gospel. This is the other side of the gospel. It's not only that we have been redeemed by his Glorious sacrifice in the cross is that we have no goodness in us, no righteousness. The only righteousness in the Christian is that perfect righteousness of Christ. We have to renounce all our self righteousness. And he continues, he says, the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this, or I am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, the resurrection life of Christ, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it on my own, but one thing I do, and so should we. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature, see the call to maturity, just described, think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal to you all that also to you. Only let us hold true to that we that we have attained. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears. See the love how he sorrows for those who have gone wayward. Walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is in their belly. And they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship Stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. Do you see how many mentions to love in this one phrase? Therefore, my brothers whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. I entreat Yudoya and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Uh, These were two women leaders Uh, Perhaps they were at odds with each other on something. Yes. I ask you also, true companion. Here the word is Saisigos, which might be a name, the name of a leader in the congregation. He says, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow worker whose names are in the book of life. We have many women here whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. I don't know if this means your reasoned arguments about the gospel, or your peaceful attitude in treating and presenting the truth to contenders. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, (laughs) this is one of the favorite passages, Uh, all these things that I um, um, projected uh, are phrases that I think are really worthy of meditation, even memorization. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. If we confront ourselves in this text and our TV watching, our social media, our gossip reading, which is everywhere all around us. Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if it is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise think on these things what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me practice these things and the God of peace will be with you i rejoiced in the lord greatly that now at last at length you have re- re- revived your co- concern for me You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Um, For a while, they hadn't been able to get him his uh, offerings that they collected for him. And so uh, um, I don't know if he was in solitary or isolation or how uh, they were prevented, the church in Philippi. But now he's happy that they finally reconnected. And then he says, not that I am speaking of being in need. For I have learned, in whatever condition I am, to be content. Quietness with contentment is gain. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things. Through him who strengthens me. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you, Philippians, yourself know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving, except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help from my needs once again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied. Having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory. In Christ Jesus. To our God and Father. Be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me. Greet you. All the saints greet you. Especially those of Caesar's household. This was a new church. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be with your spirit. Isn't this a wonderful, wonderful letter from Paul the Apostle to the church, not only in Philippi, here too for us. What riches. And you were able to see his heart, how much he loved them, how much he loved his companions and fellow workers, And how much he desires for us to love one another, to be of one mind, to be of one heart. Our lives are busy. And we get distracted by so many things, pulled by so many things. Uh, It is a huge industry developed in the last centuries to make us desire more things, advertisement. Uh, and it is all around us and uses every means uh, in order to entice us to invest ourselves in things that somehow may add to our wealth. But this is not the gospel. The gospel fills us with contentment. We learn to be content. Uh, I talk, co-taught with somebody Friday who mortgaged his house twice in Argentina to feed 200 children. There's somebody who has learned contentment. Uh, I know some pastors who during the pandemic did not hide and protect themselves, but went out to tend. Others, one of them a great pastor, founder of dozens of churches, a leader, a big leader, not a, a little unknown guy. Uh, he caught COVID, he passed away gloriously. And I know that the numbers, hundreds of people, even in little countries, pastors, have passed away. Uh, because they pursued the sheep. Um, the gospel calls us to much higher things than we are in our flesh, in our nature, able to conceive. But Paul does so, so tenderly, so lovingly, so gloriously in many of his beautiful phrases um, that we can receive the grace of God, the courage that he was alluding to. He had courage to submit to his ultimate sacrifice. He was beheaded in Rome. Um, That same courage is latent in us, because it's the courage of Christ. It's not ours. It's not our flesh. That's not human nature. To march to the lions like the early Christians uh, in the Colosseum, and not just in the Colosseum, in many other Colosseums throughout the Roman Empire, uh, singing To pick up the babies under the bridges of Rome, abandoned by their mothers to be exposed, meaning to die of exposure, but really to be eaten by the dogs, the wild dogs of Rome at night. And the Christian sending a, a detachment of deacons. It was a diaconate in the Church of the Catacombs send deacons out to rescue the babies and bring them up in the catacombs. That takes courage. That takes the abundance that doesn't come from a really solid retirement plan or a bank account, but in the bank of heaven. Um, We have such great cloud of witnesses, examples for us. And we have such a beautiful, powerful, living Word available to us that we should fill ourselves with the Word. We should eat the Word as the Apostle exhorts us and make it ours and let it do its work in us unto eternity. Thank you. Let's pray. For it is you Lord who give us the will but also the power to do your will we father are very very little in our own eyes but you are very great in our eyes and so we come to you Great and loving Father. Greatly loving Father. To supply our weakness. To remedy it. To deposit in us that ineffable grace. That we may live lives to you, Holy Father. And not just to ourselves.